Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Long Shot Podcast brought to you by 342 Productions. As always, I'm your host, Duncan Robinson, and I'm here with my my good friend, Davis Reed. You thought we were gone, but we're back. Briefly. We had you fooled. We duped you. Yes, we are back virtually this time, but still great to be back. Yeah, very virtually. Uh, Davis is back in Kansas City. I am back in Miami. And, you know, we talked about last week being our last episode before the playoff break. But you know what, Dave? We just decided this this week has been unique in a variety of ways, particularly with the, the plan. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But, uh, you know, we had some downtime this week, obviously, playoff prep and all that sort of stuff, locking in on on the series coming up. But at the same time, you know, we figured, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's put a bow on the regular season altogether. Uh, the first 18 episodes of the long shot podcast, and let's just, you know, tie it into one. Uh, and then from now we will truly actually go on a brief hiatus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We, uh, we considered taking a break. Like you said, last week we were a little unsure how things were going to shake out with the play in game, but the heat, found a way to get to the sixth seed, avoid the playing game, which gave you a little time this week. So we couldn't stay away. We thought we'd come back uh, and we got some good stuff this week. We're, we're tying up the regular season, like you said, with some NBA awards, the first annual long shot awards. The inaugural, I believe is the word, um, sure, because yeah. they will be a uh, repeating customer. Uh, they'll be back uh, just because we feel like this, uh, this award ceremony, whatever you want to call it, has a lot of potential. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, so we're, we're looking forward to that for sure. Before we dive into that, though, Davis talked about how we finished up the regular season and avoided the plan. I actually want to talk about a moment from those last couple of games. And for me, it's truly, and I, and I don't say this facetiously or sarcastically, I mean this. It is one of my favorite moments I've ever experienced while wearing a Heat jersey and that was the three minutes that Udonis Haslam played <laughs> against the Philadelphia 76ers on a Thursday evening on TNT. I was fortunate enough to be in the building for that. That was, I was in Miami. And it was, it was electric just when he got up to check in because he hadn't played a second yet this season. Which, don't correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it counts as this. It, there's some rule where it doesn't really count unless he checks in. Uh, so he needed to get a game in. And so this was the last home game in Miami. And so he got up to check in in the second quarter and people just started to lose their minds just to the fact that he was going into the game. But then what transpired was was just gold. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to what transpired. I want to give the situation a little context first. So... You know, a big game for us. We're going up against Philly. Um, a big game for them, truthfully, as well. I, they were kind of jockeying for the first seed. Obviously, they ended up getting it. But there had been reports that Joel Embiid was kind of questionable. I think he was kind of battling an illness or something. And it was actually, there were some rumors flying around that he actually wasn't even in Miami the morning of the game and that they brought him in to play in this game. So for us, it was like, all right, you know, we're, we're catching private flights to come play the heat. Like we were, we were all fired up. And in one of our kind of like pregame talks, 
it was alluded to that we would be throwing basically like the kitchen sink at him. We knew he was going to be coming out, you know, trying to, uh, you know, he's, he's in the mix for the MVP. This was like a, a big opportunity to like make a statement, all this stuff. And uh, one of the, the kind of comments that was thrown out there is that we're going to throw multiple centers at him. But it was it was specified that it wasn't going to be just two. So when I hear that, I'm I'm like I'm like starting to pick up like he's not saying what I think he's saying. <laughs> and then of course, of course, I think it was maybe late in the first, maybe early in the second. I'd have to go back and watch. I think it was late in the first. Yeah, late in the first. Coach Spo looks down the bench, gives the nod. Udonis Haslam, it's your time. The and, place uh, erupts. Yeah, American Airlines. Sorry, FTX, FTX Arena. Right, uh, goes crazy. Everyone is on their feet. He checks in, and this is the best part. People are like, "Oh, you know, this is kind of feel good." You know, we're up at this point, so maybe I don't know. People are thinking like, "Oh, this is kind of feel good." Udonis gets to play uh, in the last regular season game in Miami. Blah blah. All this stuff. No, this guy, UD, was coming out to leave his mark on the game and my goodness did he ever uh i think his his adjusted uh you know 36 uh minutes a game whatever it is stats were they were like 70 points i don't know what it was basically anyways in three minutes he had he had uh four points one of them should have been a dunk he kind of got like undercut a little bit he had the patented ud baseline jumper uh a couple rebounds adding on to his franchise record um rebounds that he has but once again the greatest of all the moments wasn't a layup wasn't a jumper and certainly wasn't a rebound it was the altercation with Dwight Howard right and you know Dwight is just generally speaking uh you know very physical player particularly when the ball goes up in the air uh whether it be rebounds offensively or defensively you know that's when he kind of leans into just his physicality. And, you know, if there's anything I've learned from UD, it's that, simply put, he's not going. Like, he's not having any of that. And I remember I remember seeing the first kind of, like, clash. And here's the thing. People talk about, you know, because UD, he's, he's not really, you know, he's 6'8". Um, probably, I don't know exactly, maybe like 235. But he is strong, like one, like one of the strongest people I've ever come across. Uh, you know, his his frame might not suggest that, but I I I know, and, and people know, like people certainly on our team know how freaking strong he is. So I see the first ball go up, and it's like this. They have their first like clash. It's like Dwight and UD jockeying for a rebound, and it stays relatively tame. I, you know, I don't exactly remember what happened, but I remember turning at this point, I'm on the bench. I remember turning to Max Struess and saying, something's going to happen here. Like this is, this is going to end in an altercation. Like I, I, I guarantee it. And then I, I actually, a couple of possessions later, there was like kind of a dead ball and they were saying something. And I'm like, this is, this has double tech written all over it. Like 100%. Sure enough. Uh, we get the double tech. You know, UD thought Dwight. I don't think it was thought. I I, I think he he has some uh, some grounds there. Uh, thought Dwight was kind of dirty with how he threw him to the ground. 
Uh, of course, UD's not not having any of that. Gets right up in his face, tells him about it. And uh, yeah, the, you get the first, the initial double tech. And then about 30 seconds later, uh, UD was just, he wasn't done. He wasn't, he, he wanted more. And uh, that's what ultimately led to the ejection. And uh, yeah, the place just went absolutely nuts. They went nuts. It was a pretty chippy game before that. I Like Trevor got into it with Joel a little bit. There were some other skirmishes on the court. Like the, the intensity was high. You guys ended up beating them pretty handedly, but the intensity in that game was really high. And then, yeah, he came in and just elevated it to another level. You're talking about how strong he is. Dwight seems like a pretty strong dude too. That guy's built like a upside down triangle from his shoulders. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, the, to see the two of them clashing was just, just electric. Yeah, I, I think that in general – you know, Philly's a very physical team and we also, you know, pride ourselves on that to some respect, but you know, as soon as UD had the opportunity to get out there, like that's something UD always talks about. Like, you know, say what you want about the Miami Heat, but we're not going to get punked. So at the end of the day, when he actually had the opportunity to be out there and have his fingerprints on the game, he was going to make sure that his physicality was felt. Um, and, and he, and there's that, that picture of like his finger right up in Dwight's face. Uh, it's just an iconic picture it, it, that should be up in the rafters someday along with his number because they both deserve to be up there. You said it perfectly. It's so funny how it started like a ceremonial thing. Like, Oh, UD is going to get his seconds. He's going to check in, hits a jumper, gets a layup, gets some rebounds right off the bat. And then just, yeah, leads to all that. Just, I I'm, I'm like very curious or would have been curious to see what it would have led to. Cause he was balling. Like he was playing great. He might've gone for 20 and 10 legitimately. Like, and I'm not saying that as a joke, like, like he has people forget, like, you know, he's, he's obviously a legend in, in South Florida for so many reasons. Um, but he has some serious game as well. And, you know, he, people, you know, that was his first time he checked in all year, but he grinds like behind the scenes, he's working, lifting always making sure he's he's in shape and, and ready to contribute here's your per 36 stats for ud on the season mm. 48 points per game 12 rebounds 100 percent from the field one fight per minute i love it that's beautiful i mean come on it's elite it's uh it's truly poetic so yeah i we i just felt it would have felt disingenuous if we didn't talk about that I, I agree. um just kind of the current events but Really, this episode is about a little combination of things. One, as we mentioned earlier, wrapping up the regular season. Um, we have some fun awards that we're going to dive into here, actually right now. Uh, and then we'll just kind of talk about the playoffs, just kind of generally. Um, not going to get too far into the nitty gritty of anything. Um, but first, let's let's get to these awards. What do you think? Yeah, the inaugural long shot awards. This is, look, the media is going to debate MVP, sixth man of the year, coach of the year, first team all NBA. We're not worried about those awards. Yeah. This is what the people really care about, the long shot awards. So Dunk, I don't know if you want to maybe give a rundown of some of the awards we're giving out. Yeah, for sure. So so we wanted to take it in kind of a different direction, as Davis alluded to. Uh, mind you, the awards all have working titles, like most of the yes. like most of the things we do here. Uh, we're open and willing for feedback. Uh, these these are mostly kind of things that Davis and I just kind of uh, scratch together, if you will. <laughs> um, so basically, we have we have five awards, and for each of the awards, Davis and I both will nominate one player for the award. Is how we're going to do this. Yes, and then after each of us nominate. A player, we're going to go on our social media accounts 
uh, because you know that's where uh, we want to hear the people's voice, Have you know, to. The, the the community's voice, and we will uh, tap in with our community at large, and you ultimately, the listener, the viewer, the friends of the the program, uh, will ultimately choose the winner for each award. So up first, let's just go you know one by one here. Up yeah, first, we have the Get Your Flowers Award. Yes. So basically, this is for all the players out there uh, in the league who we feel had a truly underappreciated season. Yes. You know, whether, and, and that might be like statistically for sure, but also I think, you know, we're really trying to kind of also tie into like the ethos of like the impact that a player 100%. may have. Like something that's just like not going to get talked about on ESPN or not going to get talked about in other podcasts, but that that's our that's our whole shtick here. Like we're we're our own lane. Um so so anyways, I'm going to take the first one. Yeah, please do. Um I I feel he's one of the most uh underrated players in the NBA. He improved immensely this year. I thought he was really good last year, and he's improved a ton this year. He just seems like the type of guy you just want to play with, um, have on your team. Just kind of like a, a do-it-all, uh, doesn't really get a lot of credit, but but doesn't seem to be looking for it either, and that is DeAnthony Melton yes. from the Memphis Grizzlies. So that's, that's my pick for the Get Your Flowers Award, a.k.a. Uh, basically the person out there who just had an underappreciated season. I love it. You broke that down beautifully. And I think DeAnthony Melton's a good one. I'm going to give you Nerland's Noel. Mm. The New York Knicks claw their way to a four seed. They've been so good defensively. And I think he deserves a lot of that credit. He, So I know, like you said, we don't really want to get into the stats. We're more focused on the ethos here. But yeah. I am going to give you a stat for Nerland's. Sure. The only player this season to average over two blocks and over a steal per game. Just very versatile. Just yeah. getting, it, getting it done. I mean, I think a lot of people felt that when Mitchell Robinson went down, that, you know, that Knicks team was going to really struggle to protect the paint or maybe not struggle, but not be as elite as they had been. Yeah. Uh, Nerlens has been big time in that regard. And, and you know, across the league, he's well known as a, a pretty high level rim protector. Since you gave a stat for Nerlens, I feel obligated to now give one for <laughs> DeAnthony. Uh, so he, this is a fun fact. Completely going off top, but I'm pretty sure this is legitimate. Uh, I think I read it somewhere. He has the single highest jump in three-point percentage from one year to the next. Wow. I don't know what he shot last year. I know this year he shot 44%. Um, I want to say he was like 28 last year. It was like 16 percentage points. Uh, I, I hope you're Googling this to maybe corroborate my claim. But uh, anyways... I have That's, it right. I have it right here in front of me. So last season he shot twenty eight point six percent. Okay, so I just like hit you, it legitimately on the nose. You kind of nailed it. This year he's forty one. Yeah, I mean I don't want to pat myself on the back too hard, but that was that was pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, all right, what do we got number two here? This one, this is a fun one. Yeah, that, yeah, it is. We got the thrift store find of the year. Everybody loves a good thrift store find. Yes, you know, actually, I've heard rumors that Kansas City is the, the Kansas City is the thrift store capital of the world. Is that true or false? I don't know if I can claim the city being the thrift store capital, but there is some good thrifting going on okay. in Kansas City for sure. I figured it'd either be that or Seattle. You know, Macklemore, he has the, he has the the song thrifting, whatever it is. Um, anyways, neither here nor there. So this is for the most impactful midseason pickup. And we're not yes. talking about like blockbuster trades here. Um, we're talking about 
guys that maybe weren't getting opportunities that put on a different jersey and, and kind of stepped into their own. Or my favorite, which is actually the lane that I'm going to kind of lean into, is the coveted G League call-up. Uh, because I have a whole lot of love for my G League brethren. And it's just fantastic when uh, when one of those guys gets a call-up and gets to shine. Yeah, I mean, remember what show you're listening to here. We're, we're yeah. shouting out the underappreciated. For the, sure. You know, the underdog. So yeah, go ahead. Who's your thrift store find of the year? I got O'Shea Brissett, and I watched him absolutely ball out in the playoff game. Play-in game, sorry, excuse me, uh, the other night for the Indiana Pacers. And he's just been great ever since he's been uh, called up. I think he started the year with Toronto, um, but I think he spent time in the G League. I hope I'm not just completely smoking this. As you can see, I uh, could be a little bit tighter with my research. But uh, <laughs> but O'Shea Brissett, uh, for sure, has been impactful for the Indiana Pacers. And I believe he was just rewarded, once again, could, could have done my research on this. Uh, I believe he was just rewarded with a multi-year deal. Um, but here's the thing. I could be doing my research, but then again, I've like hit all of them right on the head. Right. So it's at this point, it's like, I'm just throwing it in the ocean, you know, might as well just keep the, the good times rolling. Sure. I mean, this is your profession. So you, t- you yeah. have a tap on, you know, a good tap on. on I should be tuned on. in. What do you got for the, for thrift store find of the year? I'm going Daniel Gafford. Mm. That guy came to Washington and just, I don't know what he turned a corner. I don't know what, I don't I'm, I'm going to give you a stat again, but since being in Washington, he was averaging 10.6 rebounds a game, two blocks, I mean, that guy just brought the energy too. Um, so Daniel Gafford, that's my thrift store find of the year. I'll say this about Gafford, and he, he's just a great fit around those two guys, Beal and, and Westbrook. Uh, he's you know able to play above the rim, provide some vertical spacing, is a good finisher around the rim, and protects the paint. Um, so yeah, absolutely a great pickup for them, and uh, it's been fun to watch him kind of come into his own. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, moving on, two down, three to go. We got the Ice Water in Their Veins Award. Yes. Shout out to uh, D-Lo. Yeah. Interestingly enough, he's actually not a candidate that that either of us will be talking about. Right, um, right, right. But nonetheless, you know, that he's kind of patented that that celebration. Anyways, this is, a, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory, but basically the guy you want taking the last shot. And remember, this is these are season wrap up awards. We're, this isn't right. just like anyone in the NBA. Well, this is we're, sure. we're looking at the the resume of this year. So, so here here's the thing. It would be low hanging fruit to take Dame. Right. You know, I mean, obviously he he's got he's got the buzzer beaters this year. He hit the game winner in Chicago, which was incredible. I'm going to take a different angle, uh, mostly to fall in line with this podcast theme in general. And I'm going to take a rookie, a guy who in his first year hit two game winners. And that's Cole Anthony. And an interesting thing about the fact that he hit two game winners is I think they only won like 20 games. (laughs) So if you think of it this way, he has the highest percentage 
one out of every 10 games, yeah. he's going to hit hit a game winner. 10 right. wins, I should say. Yeah, one yeah. out of every 10 wins, <laughs> he's going to hit a game winner. Yes. Uh, and I just, I, I like those numbers. Those numbers favor the bold. His post-game interview after his last game winner, All it time. should be solely responsible for him winning this award. I mean, it's yeah. just, there's there are few post-game interviews you're going to find that are more entertaining. Yeah. Now that 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 was special uh, to see the uh, the poise, the moxie, and, and actually the thing I enjoyed the most about that one was it just looked like he was like enjoying the moment and like having right. fun and like totally. It was like so candid. I feel like so often in those types of situations, you have to be like professional and buttoned up and you know give the media response. He was just like it was like a, if you interviewed a kid like honestly and i don't mean this in a demeaning way like it was like you interviewed a kid after you just hit like a game winner which is like everyone's dream in the nba like hit a game winner in a, in a professional basketball setting uh that was pretty cool i don't have that much confidence about anything on this planet like he just yeah give me the ball i want the shot as soon as i got it i knew it was going in yeah 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 i'm like just, that I'm like that electric. All right. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good nomination. I'm going to nominate our first all-star. So I'm kind of going, I'm kind of being hypocritical here after. I mean, you're basically breaking the rules, but I'll I am a, I'm a little bit, but again, if you're looking at resume of this year in game winners, I don't know how you don't think of Luca. Yeah. I mean, fair the acrobatics and just the big time shots. So I'm going Luca here. I mean, the one in Memphis was ridiculous. Right. I mean, I, I, it's just something you just don't see. I mean, to, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, of course, you know, like you watch it and it's like, he's, he's shooting this like leaning floater off one foot. And it's like, of course, you know, it's, it's Luca, you know, there are some things you just can't teach. You know what I mean? Like Cole Anthony, I think has this too. Like, these are just guys who are going to find a way they want the ball in their hands. So that's why there are two nominations. I think two good ones there for the ice water award. Well, we'll see uh, when the people speak uh, who comes out on top. But uh, anyways, number four, we have the undrafted player of the year. Yes. So this one's relatively self-explanatory, but it's basically, I don't want to say the best season, but our favorite season from an undrafted guy. So it doesn't have to be like pound for pound the best season statistically, but more so just like an undrafted player who had a really good year and we just really enjoyed it you know, watching from afar. Yes. All right. For this one, I am taking Mr. Undrafted himself, AKA Mr. Bet on yourself and double down Fred Van Fleet. I feel like he is now in some respects after signing the largest contract for an undrafted player in the history of the NBA, he's like carrying the torch for all undrafted players. Like he is now our, unspoken leader in yeah, some right, respects right. you know blueprint. yeah um he averaged 20 you know six assists a game four rebounds once again i, I didn't do my research but it feels right uh yeah. just just kidding i have his numbers like right in front of me <laughs> for this one um but yeah fred fred it's just hard to argue um i think they would have had a really good year too if not for injuries and being located in uh tampa bay i think that also just kind of hindered their success but uh yeah i, I got fred yeah, I, I think we're even now. I give Luca for an answer. You give Fred. Uh, I think I think we're on the we're 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 even. I'm gonna go T.J. McConnell. That guy has just been electric all year. Spark off the bench. Honestly, if the Pacers have a better record, I think he's in the sixth man of the year conversation. Mm. He's just been awesome. 
He's been awesome coming off the bench. He had a triple double this year with steals. That was I mean, special. Just, just against awesome. Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. That, that that was fun to watch. I uh, I enjoy TJ. My favorite thing about TJ is his mic'd up. If you haven't seen TJ's mic'd up, I think this is now the second time we've shouted out on here. But if you haven't seen TJ McConnell's mic'd up, please do yourself a favor and pull it up because it's absolutely fantastic. I think they're playing against it's a it's like a combination of all the times you've been mic'd up, but the best one by far is uh is when they play the Sixers in Indy. Uh, so obviously, you know, he played for Brett Brown and, and played in that organization. So he knows all those guys. So he's like jawing back and forth the whole time. And then he has this unbelievable play where he like dives. It's like classic TJ McConnell, like gets a steal, tips it out, lays out and dives and like taps it to somebody who then scores a layup in transition. And he gets up and he, and he does the gladiator. He goes, are you not entertained? He yells it to like a, a raucous Banker's Life Fieldhouse. He goes, are you not entertained? And then the best part is they actually get the bit of him afterwards saying, that was the coolest thing I've ever done. And he's like going up to people. He's all giddy. He's like, it's like, did you hear what I said? I did the gladiator. I said, are you not entertained? It's so good. Anyways, uh, that's a tangent. But uh, love it. You got to watch that because it's fantastic. Oh, I love it. All right, moving into our last, our last one, Dunk. Yes, uh, the fifth and final. We have just, you know, of course, we're the Long Shot Podcast. Of course, we're going to have the Long Shot of the Year. Easy money. And this just boils down to the guy who, or or girl, even though they're NBA awards, so we'll say right. guy, actually, <laughs> just guy for now. <laughs> the guy who overcame the odds. The yes. steepest odds, um, if you will, and uh, this year has been has been one full of you know fun and, and heartwarming stories um, for sure. But uh, I got none other than my college teammate, Karis Levert. Uh, yeah. If we had him on the podcast, but uh, just to to see what he had gone through in terms of you know you you think for a second after that trade and and having the uh, the MRIs come back as they did that. You know, maybe your let alone your basketball career, but maybe your your life is is entirely drastically changed. And then to see him back out on the floor afterwards, and you know, he had a really strong finish to the season, averaging twenty one and five. Um, and and you know, once again, unfortunate to see him kind of go out due to these protocols um, and not have an opportunity to play in these uh, these playing games is tough. Yeah, I I want to give you a hard time for showing favoritism to a teammate, but it's hard to argue against Karis' story. He's got a great story. Uh, friend of the pod now too, I think we can say. So true, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, I'm gonna go Juan Toscano Anderson. Mm. Guys on a two way all year, playing his heart out. I think back to that clip earlier this year of him diving over the scores table for a ball, crashing into the TVs, the yeah. monitors. I mean, just doing it all for Golden State. Gets converted. I think this month, a week or two ago. Yeah. Deal gets yeah. converted. He's got a pretty incredible story. I mean, he he grew up in in Oakland as well in that area, or I don't know if it was Oakland, but at least the Bay Area. So, grew up like a Warriors fan, and then to realize his dream of playing in the NBA for his hometown city is pretty special. But he uh, just also his path. I mean, I think I remember reading somewhere that he averaged like four points a game as a senior in college at Marquette. Had very limited professional opportunities. Went to go play professionally in Mexico. Yep, and just kind of you know meandered his way up to uh, like you said, getting a uh, a fully guaranteed contract is uh, is pretty 
pretty special. So two great options. Uh, interested to see who the, the people select on that one. Yeah, love it. So there you go. The, the long shot awards. There they are. Five of them. Like Duncan said, we'll post these on social media. We want to hear from you guys uh, which winner or who wins each award. So that right there wraps up the inaugural Long Shot Awards. Uh, we had some fun kind of piecing them together and, and coming up with some different answers. We hope you guys participate on social media. I think we're going to do some Instagram polls. Is that is that the direction we're leaning right now? I think so. That feels right. It, it does. Um, so yeah, that, that'll be fun. But uh, I will say, Dave... You know, first stretch, if you will, the the first go around, the first eighteen episodes. Uh, it, it's been a fun little run here, and that's not to say that that maybe sounds like we're like wrapping something up, uh, which we're not. Of course, we're going to be back with vengeance uh, after after this season. But uh, I got to lock in on uh, a playoff run here. Yeah, no, it's been a blast, man. It's been a blast, and uh, yeah, you've got you've got bigger and better things to focus on, and that's no slight to the podcast. But uh, we're trying to win a championship, so you go lock in. Uh, and then we will, uh, we'll reconvene hopefully in like late July. Yeah, that would be ideal. Um, I'd actually heard some whispers, Dave, some people were asking, they were saying that while I was obviously focusing on the playoffs, they wanted you to keep the podcast going solo dolo. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I could never, I could never. That's like, you know, uh, come on now. This is a, a dynamic duo here. What, you think I would just leave you behind like that? What happens if I just start having elite interviews and then I realize I don't need you at all? Like, that's a risk I'm not willing to take. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't really a trick question. I appreciate how you answered it. Um, <laughs> I mean, full disclosure, I think I think you could carry it on your own. But uh, I, I will say... I would I would feel a certain level of FOMO, you know, to, to be tuning into the podcast uh, and, and just hearing you and uh, whomever uh, chopping it up. I, I would certainly be feeling left out. So, uh, anyways, that pretty much does it for this episode. Uh, it was brief, of course, no interview, but uh, yeah, we we at least wanted to touch base with you guys before going dark here for a little bit. Uh, the uh, the social media accounts, which I I'd also like to clarify this. I don't run or have anything to do with the social media accounts. I don't either, um, man. I don't know who's running those accounts. <laughs> so, uh, so for the record, uh, any activity that takes place on there, I am fully removed from. Correct. Uh, and if they so, start getting a little reckless with what's getting posted, I am also completely removed from both right. of those. But any any good content, you're like partially responsible for. Correct. Right? If there's stuff you like, then I probably had a hand in it. Right. Yeah, it's, it's important to clarify these things. Anyways, uh, thank you guys for the support over these first 18. We are certainly excited to get back to it. Um, we have all sorts of, of fun ideas, particularly for the offseason, uh, that involve you know, more, more stuff than just, than just a podcast, uh, different content ideas that we're hoping to kind of explore. So, uh, we look forward to that, but of course, first got to lock into the task at hand. So thanks for supporting us. And, uh, I think I can now say at least for the time being long shot is, uh, signing off. Let's go win a championship. Cheers. Cheers.